are joining me. Welcome to Reima Huvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you're joining me on jrootradio.com. For those who are new listeners, here is what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our main guide and source of navigation. Thank you for joining me today. Wow, we have a really, really interesting class today. Be'ez Hashem Yisparach. Nasevinatzliach today, March 17th, Zion Adar Bays. We are so close to Purim. It's not even funny, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know when you're listening to this, either live today, Thursday, March 17th, Zion Adar, or you might be listening to this Monday night, and then you're like really right around the corner for Purim. Like Purim is like literally, we can like feel Purim in the air. You go out to the streets, you see people are already buying Mishlach Manos. People are already getting their costumes. It's like Purim fever is in the air. And I want to tell you something. There is so much to learn from Purim for our relationships. It's unreal. It's like they say, you know, sick. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable how much we can gain from the Purim story for our relationships, for your marriage. Yeah, I'm listening, talking to you. Who's listening to me right now? Thank you for tuning in today. We are going to be talking about the connection today of Purim to your marriage, and you're going to see some unreal skills and tools that we can that we can glean from the Purim story to your relationship, to my relationship, to all of our relationships. Let's. I want to start with this first of all. There's this. Now, okay, this is this is what they call hack. This is like the big hack today, and you you open up the papers today, you see these like. It's, it's really confusing because on one hand. You see these like posters and advertisements in the papers where it tells everybody to be very careful not to give kids um, alcohol when they come to your houses to collect for money for tzedakah. And everybody's talking about today how you have to be careful and, and be careful what you drink and how you drink and not to drink too much because it's dangerous and it really is dangerous. Which seems like of course, Rabbi Greenfield, of course, you have to be careful. What do you mean? We have to be careful. And of course, Elayana, a lot of men who are listening to me right now, like, please don't do that. What do you mean? The Gemara Megillah, Zion Amid Beis, it says, what do you mean? Everybody knows there's a Gemara. The Gemara says, Mechayev inish livesume, bepurya adelo yoda, bein ar haman mardachai. A person is obligated to drink and get intoxicated on Purim until... He cannot tell the difference between cursed is Haman and blessed is Mordechai. So, Rabbi Greenfield, one second. You're right. It is confusing because on one hand, we're seeing all these advertisements. Be very careful. Your children, your husbands, men who are drinking, don't go overboard. Be very, very careful. Maybe you shouldn't drink. How important really is it to drink? And on the other hand, there's a Gemara. The Gemara says. The Gemara says you have to be so intoxicated, so out of it, so drunk, that you cannot tell the difference between Christos Haman and Blessed Mordechai. Now, you know, I want you to think for a second, okay, all of you who are listening to me right now. That's a pretty big stupor. Can you imagine you drink so you have to drink so much and you don't know the difference between Christos Haman and Blessed Mordechai? I, I, I want to tell you, I mean, you see people who, are, who drink, and I'm not one who drinks much, honestly, but you, you see people who drink, are, you see people who, if you go up to the guy who's drunk, you say to him, okay, tell me about Mordechai. Is he cursed or is he blessed? Baruch Harar. 
Most people, even if they're drunk, they'll tell you they know the difference. So what's, what's the Gemara saying? This Gemara really is very confusing. I, I want to tell you something, you know, it's so funny, like, we know that we don't pass him by Gemara. We don't, you know, if you want to know halacha, you don't open up a Gemara and say, okay, it's a machloikas and Abaya and Rava, and generally we pass him like Rava or Abaya, so that's a halacha. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. If you want to pass him, we have something called the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch. And the Shulchan Aruch is a combination of both the Zvardi and the Ashkenazi Psak, right? Who am I talking? The Mechaber of Yosef Cairo. And the Ramah of Moshe Isilish, right? It's combined. Which, by the way, it's so funny how this whole came about. I, I don't know if you realize this. Do you realize they were both writing halacha books in separate parts of the world? And then they sort of like it joined together and it, what became what we know today as the Shulchan Aruch. And, and also you should know, by the way, the Shulchan Aruch wasn't the first halacha book. The first, there was many, many more halachic books before, which the Shulchan Aruch is based on. Okay, and then if, those of you who, who, who learn Shulchan Aruch, you know, when you're learning Shulchan Aruch in depth, you know you start with the Gemara, and then you know that you go through the Rishonim, right? There's the Tur, there's the Rambam. You got to go through all the Rishonim, and then you could sort of understand where the Shulchan Aruch gets it from. But in any case, in any case, what's the deal? What's the deal with drinking on Purim? Rabbi Greenfield, oh wow, Rabbi Greenfield, you're talking about this. Yeah, I don't know, my husband drinks, my son drinks, I'm scared. What's, what's going on with that? What's the deal with that? Like this, like this. The Shulchan Aruch, he act, the Shulchan Aruch when he speaks about this, he quotes his Gemara. The Ramah, when he talks about this, what does he say? The Ramah says that if you want what? You don't have to drink. You can actually go to sleep. If you want, listen to this, if you want, you do not have to drink on Purim. You don't need to drink. Who said you need to drink on Purim? Ramah says you could, you, could drink, you could sleep. If you want to sleep, you could sleep. But what does the Ramah say, with it, which I think is so much more important? It's for sure much more important. And I says, when you do it, make sure you're doing it, L'Shem Shemayim. Make sure if you're drinking, that's L'Shem Shemayim. And I want to tell you something. Before, before you guys just closes and say, oh, okay, great, that's it. So you could drink, make L'shem Shemayim. Eh, 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 eh. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. Stop. Are you planning to daven Mayriv? Are you, pl- question, are you planning to daven Mayriv Purim night? Well, guess what? You're going to daven Mayriv. Well, Mayriv is the mitzvah Seder Raisa, right? Okay, bear with me a second. Mitzvah Seder Raisa to what? To say Kriya Shema. Not the Mayer, not that. that. It's Mayer's Roshos. But Kriya Shema, for all us men, is Echi of the Raisa. Oh, you're going to say Kriya Shema when you're drunk? Well, guess what? You're probably not going to be Yotze Kriya Shema. Again, this is, not, this is not a halacha show. Speak to your Posek. Speak to your Posek about this. Ask him, can I, would I be Yotze Kriya Shema if I'm drunk? Chances are your posek will tell you, no, you will not be Yotze Kriyashma when you're drunk. And you know something? For this reason, it's brought down in the Siddur Hagra, Maisar Rav, it's brought down that, that, that the Vilna Gun, what would he do? He would drink, listen to this, this is unbelievable. He would drink on Purim. Then what he would do is he would make sure that, it, that he just throws it all out, throws it all up. And then he would learn and he would say Kriyashma. You see, it's not 
So simple. One thing for sure, those of us who are getting stoned are like completely losing it. This is completely against what the Torah wants. This is against what the Torah wants. But wait, 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 there's actually more to this. There's actually more to this. Mishnah Brura. Oh, Mishnah Brura? Yeah, yeah, I usually go with the Mishnah Brura, you might think. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much who I go according to Mishnah Brura. Well, guess what the Mishnah Brura says when he speaks about it? What the Mishnah Brura says is that's what's preferable. What's preferable is to go to sleep and not to drink. Are you listening to me? This is the Mishnah Brura. Oh, Rabbi Greenfield's a lot of rabbis who get drunk. One second, one second, one second, one second. I'm saying what the Mishnah Brura says. I'm not saying that other Abanam don't drink. But I want to tell you something. Any rub that you see, any postic, any guddle that drinks, watch him. Watch how he is. We're not talking about someone who's just completely lost it. Someone who drinks responsibly. Someone who drinks, and when, after he drinks, then you know what comes out? How much he loves the Kaddish Baruch Hu, How much he's besimcha that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave him everything. Could you do that? Is that the level that you're on? Is that what you want to do? Oh, okay. Now let's let's put everything in perspective. Oh, you're a Mishnah Bura person. You're a Chafetz Chaim person. You go always according to Mishnah Bura. The Mishnah Bura says he's, you should rather sleep. I would say seriously, 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 you should consider going to sleep. You could be Yitzhi, right? Seriously, I obviously speak to your posek. This is not a halacha show. But you see here that sleeping is fine because what's happening today, ladies and gentlemen, you know exactly what I'm talking about. People are losing it completely. There are women who are getting scared of their husbands. Yes, yes, listen to me. This is very important. Man, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to myself. The what? There are women who are getting scared. They're getting, they're getting scared. Your wife is getting scared of you. Do you think this is what Hashem wants from you? Oh, go to sleep. Speak to your posseg. Speak to your posseg. And your wife is terrified of you. This is the point of Purim? This, this is not the point of Purim. So what is it? What is it, Rabbi Greenfield? It's interesting. Shmuel Kamnetsky actually has in his safer also. He says it's much better not to get drunk bichlal. You know what's interesting, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, about this? You know what's very interesting? I want to tell you what's very interesting. What's very interesting is as follows. What's very interesting is that after this Gemara, you know the Gemara, I'm, I'm throwing you Gemara here, right? Gemara, Zainab Beis, it talks about you have to drink on Purim, right? Guess what the Gemara says? The Gemara brings down a story. Rava who brings down this halacha that you have to drink, right? Rava, it brings down a Maisa story, that Rava invited, I think Rava invited Rabzeira to his house on, uh, on Purim. And you know what happened? Rava got so drunk that accidentally, I know this, this if you, by the way, if, you, if you've never heard this Gemara, this is going to blow you away. Listen to this. Accidentally, Rava killed Rabzeira. Are you listening to me? This is, look at the Gemara, Mekila, Zayin Ahmed Beis. Okay, actually, I think this might actually be, the other Ahmed might be, might be Ches ready. That what? That he, that he killed Rebzeira. Uh, you hear? Rava killed Rebzeira. Now, this might be shocking to you, but guess what? We're talking about Rava here, right? We're not talking about Stama person. And Rava was able to bring back Rebzeira to life through Trias Amesim. Now, uh, later on when he realized this. Now, What's the point of this story? Do you know what the Rabbeinu Ephraim says? Let me tell you what the Rabbeinu Ephraim says. 
This guy's not my words. This is just Rabbeinu Ephraim. Look at Rabbeinu Ephraim. Rabbeinu Ephraim says, the reason the Gemara is telling you this is coming to teach you that you should not drink like this. Despite what Rabbah says, you sh- this is not, you should not drink. So we see the Rabbeinu Ephraim, and that's why, that's why the Ramah says, make sure you do it L'Shem Shemaim. And, and, and we see the Mishnah Buru also says, what does he say? Mishnah Buru says, it's preferable just to go to sleep. I'm putting things in perspective here. Of course, speak to your posseg. But one thing for sure, one thing for sure. If you're not drinking L'Shem Shemayim, you're wasting your time. If you're drinking to a point where you can't say Kriya Shema at the night of Purim, <laughs> I don't know what your issue is. I mean, you're going to be involved in the Mitzvah Seyed so. Okay, I speak to your posik if you could do that while you're drunk. If you're going to do it, even L'Shem Shemayim, and, you're, and you're, just, you're just losing it, and your wife is scared of you, I want to tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. Unquestionably don't do it. And I'm sure any posik will agree with me that your wife will be scared of you. <laughs> it's like, What? What's going on here? So, of course, we have to be careful. So, let's go back to the Gemara. So, what does the Gemara mean? I mean, the Gemara, at the end of the day, says, it says, what do you mean, Rabbi Kinfil? It says, Here, are you saying, Rabbi Kinfil? This is a little confusing. So, what's Pshat? What's Pshat? Pshat is that we have to understand what Purim is all about, and, and then you're going to see how it all ties in so beautifully. And I was actually speaking... To Rabbi Effie Goldman last night, it was giving me a lot of, and from Eretz Yisrael, who we had him here on the show, it's giving me a lot of insight on this. Explained to me like this very nice. He brought down from, I think it's Rabbi Yonis and Eipschitz or the Ma'am lawyers, maybe both of them actually, brings down the following, the what? Achashverosh, Achashverosh saw in the stars. You know, in those days, he used to look in the stars. That's, you know, he's, he, he was, his, his advisors told him the what? <coughs> that the next king will be Jewish. You hear this? Achashverosh saw the next king will be Jewish. He, he, that's why when Haman came over to him, and I, again, I, I'm saying this all assuming that everybody here knows the Perm story, okay? I know most of my audience knows, audience knows the Perm story. Those of you who do not, I just don't have enough time to do right now, so you can listen to this anyways. It'll be interesting. Achashverosh saw in the stars that the next king will be Jewish. So when Haman came over to him and said to him, let's destroy these Jewish people, he had no problem with it. He had no problem with it. He says, the next, next king will be Jewish. He doesn't want the next, and he was, as it is, he was anti-Semite. He didn't want the next king to be Jewish. He said, no problem, let's, let's kill all the Jews. Now, you know what Haman actually saw in the stars? Listen to this. This is again, Rabbi Yisrael, I'm just ma'am, lawyers. You know what Haman saw? Haman saw that Achashverosh's wife was going to kill him. You hear this? And that's why Haman, he was the one originally who had devised Achashverosh in the party, right? Remember that party that they had? The party that unfortunately didn't went to that party and it was, that was the beginning of all of our problems. We went to that party and during that party they were taking out the vessels from the base of Mikdash. By the way, I just want to mention this to you. I don't know if you realize. Do you know that this party, you know what they were celebrating by the way? Oh, was celebrating the fact that Hashverosh was the king of the world. It was much more than that. You know what they were celebrating? They were celebrating the same thing that Belshazzar was celebrating. There was a nevuah, a prophecy that was given by, given by Yermio that, that, that what? Whoa, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. You might, this, this I have to tell you. Those of you who do not realize this, the Purim story took place between the destruction of the first base of Mikdash and the second base of Mikdash, the first temple and the second temple. And there was a prophecy by Yermiyahu. Yermiyahu made a prophecy that after 70 years 
Bavel, the kingdom of Bavel will be destroyed. And, and eventually the base of Middash will be rebuilt, whichever way he said it. But in any case, the, the kings knew about this prophecy. Belshazzar thought that he made the right cheshman. He thought that he figured it out, and after 70 years, you know, he, he made this party, it was a whole thing. Take, take out the, 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 the kalim of the Beis HaMikdash, and those of you who know, this, this wild, unbelievable story, there was like blood writing on the wall that this is going to be the end of Belshazzar. And later there was, I think there's a war, he died. Achashverosh had a similar thing. He thought, oh, now he made the cheshbin, 70 years. He made the 70 cheshbin, and that was, that was this, big, this big feast, right? So what happens is like this. Listen to this, because this, this is so unbelievable. What happens is, is that Haman, Haman, who saw through the stars, through the stars gaze, again, to be honest, I'm is that what? That Achashverosh's wife is going to kill him. He said, you know what? Yeah, of course, get rid of Vashti. Kill Vashti. He suspected her. She's going to, she's the one, whatever, and then he'll, he'll figure it out, get somebody else. And he, what he didn't realize is he's setting up his own death because at the end of the day, what happened was instead of Vashti, who came in? Who came in was Esther. That's who came in. That's who was the queen. And if you think about it, because of this story, that's why the next king was Jewish, Daryavesh. He was Jewish. You hear this? Because Achashverosh and Esther had a son. This son was the one who built a, rebuilt the base of Migdash. He was actually Jewish. He was, right? Who was his mother, Esther, right? So isn't that like, like a weird pattern of events? Here they're thinking one thing, and they're setting themselves up. But it's not just a setup. It's a wild setup. You know why it was such a wild setup? Because if you think about it, throughout the whole Purim story, first of all, first of all, you know, the famous thing, very, very famous thing where, where Mordechai, uh, sorry, where Haman goes out to Achashverosh and he's all upset at Mordechai. He's going to tell him the plan to kill, to kill Mordechai. And then what is Haman has his dream. Haman has this dream and it bothered him. And he's thinking, who didn't I repay? I didn't repay Mordechai. Haman comes in to Achashverosh. Achashverosh tells Haman, what should I do to someone who I want to honor or somebody who I want to respect? And Haman comes with this amazing plan because he, think, he thinks he's thinking it's him. He's telling him to take him on the king's horse, the king's person, and ends up what? Ends up he is taking Mordechai on this horse. Right? It's like a complete, like, whoa, v'nahabachu. That's what it's perhaps like, v'nahabachu. It's a complete v'nahabachu. And there's so much more. There's so much more. You know who Haman killed? You know who Vashti was? Vashti was actually the descendant of Nebuchadnezzar. That's, that's, who, that's who she was. The last, possibly the last one of Nebuchadnezzar. And he brings in Esther that Yavish is born from. Right? Now, what, what does Haman want to do? He's like, let's kill all the Jews. right? Kill the Jews. When does he want to kill them? The 13th of Adar, right? Because he has this big cheshbon of 13th of Adar. That's when he wants to kill the Jews. Did you, did you people realize that in those days, once you make a decree, you can't change the decree? So there was going to be a war on that day. And that, that's why at the end of the day, the 13th day of Adar, all the Oivim of Bnei Israel were killed. Right? And there's a whole war. Because once there's a war, there's a war. But it was a v'nahapachu. It was a complete v'nahapachu. And all these people who were out to kill the Yidin, they were out to kill us and to destroy us and everything, it was a complete v'nahapachu. Haman builds the gallows. He doesn't even... Ha- he, he's building the gallows for Mordechai. You know who he built it for? He built it for himself. He, the Charvona. You know who Charvona was, by the way? Charvona, who, who at the end of the day, by Esther's party... Remember, Esther had two parties, right? Charvona, 
who by Esther's second party, right, after Esther is, tells Achashverosh, and she says to Achashverosh, she says to him, this terrible person, Haman, he wants to destroy our nation. Well, you, and if you could save us. And then Charvona comes and says, oh yeah, by the way, and t- take a look, see those gallows over there? That's Haman who wants to kill Mordechai. By the way, why did, why did, why did he do this? There are different shots and different explanations, the Malach, this and that. But you know what? I just heard beautifully from Rabbi Efi Goldman explain you that what? Did you know Charvana? Charvana was actually buddies with Haman. They were friends. They were friends and they actually had all sorts of all sorts of, of ways and tactics where they wanted to like get the king and do different things against the king and whatnot. And you know what? Charvona just realized that if Haman is tro- in trouble, I'm in trouble. So here comes Charvona, who's Haman's old friend. He turns to Achashver, she says to him, look, you see those gallows? He actually wants to kill Mordechai too because he just wants to save himself. Do you see what's going on here? It, it's like a complete, complete upside down. That's what Purim is all about. Vinna hapachu, a complete upside down. It says, Chazal tells us that what, what 48 Nevi'im and 7 Nevi'im could not do, that's what, Haman, that's what Haman was in a certain way was accomplished to do. If you're listening to the previous show, that Kimu Mashikiblu, you know what Purim is so amazing? Because when HaKadosh Baruch Hu first gave us the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu put, you know, Har Kagigis, it's like, in a certain way we were forced to take the Torah. We had no choice. In a, obviously we said Nas and before or not. But in a certain sense, we were forced to take it. But on Purim, we were makabal the Torah out of simcha, out of joy, out of ahava. It's a different type of accepting of the Torah. It's a complete different type of accepting of the Torah. And in a certain sense, you know who was the cause of all of it? Now, obviously, he's a Russia, Marusha, unquestionably about it. The sentence of Amalek unquestionably about it. But in a certain weird sense, he was a shliach to get us to do tshuva, to bring us closer to Kaddish Baruch Hu, and that's what Haman didn't want to do, but that's what he ended up doing. Do you see the upside-down world? You see how the whole story of Purim is so upside-down? That's why we wear masks on Purim. Why? Because we want, we want to basically portray this message. It's, it's just an upside-down world. And it's not what you see is what you get. That's not the world that we're in. It's a world of MS, but it's not the MS that we see or perceive. It's the MS of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Kel Molei Rachamim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is full of Rachmanos and Chesed. Erech Apayim, Rav Chesed VMS. And sometimes in our lives, we go through like wild, terrible, horrible Nisyonos. We have to try to say to ourselves, of course it's very hard. Everything is for the good. This is the theme of Purim. The theme of Purim is what the Gemara says. Let's go back to the original Gemara. That what's the point? The point is to get to, get to a place where we cannot tell the difference between cursed is Haman and blessed is Mordechai. Because at the end of the day, of course, Haman is cursed. But there's a reason for a Haman. There's a re- the same way we know there's a reason for a Mordechai, there's a reason for a Haman. There's a reason for the, these Nisyonos. There's a reason for all this. There's a reason for it. And this ties in so beautifully into your relationship, into your marriage, into your relationship with your kids. Sometimes it's so difficult in your relationship with your husband, with your wife, and you're trying to think to yourself, and I have people telling me, honestly, they see yourself like, you know, I don't know if I married the right one, you know. 
I always thought I'll have a wife like this. I always thought I'll have a husband like this. There's certain nakudas that I never got, this, that. It's like, hello, buddy. This is the point. It's the perfect chidduch. It's the perfect chidduch. It's, it, it's more than the perfect chidduch because this is the shidduch that's testing you. This is the shidduch that's making you a shalem. This is a shidduch that helps you grow. This is olam haz. It's not olam haba. Hello. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, how long do we last in this world? This is olam haz. Like, hello, this world does not last forever. It really, really doesn't. There's Olam Hazet and there's Olam Haba. This world is Olam of Tikkun Amidis, Hashlamis Amidis, connecting to Kodesh Baruch Hu, through the Torah. And what, what is the Torah telling us? It's telling us to what? We have to grow in our Midis, be shleiming. You know, this is the 30th yard side of, of the Petira of Moshe Feinstein. Hagoyin Moshe Feinstein, Zecher Tzadik, Vracha. And I was reading different articles about, different, about Rav Moshe. And you know what? You know, okay, of course, he was Goyen Eilam, the amount of terror that he knew. I mean, take a look at Dibris of the Igris. It's unbelievable. It's like, just open up an Igris, open up a Dibris. Just to understand what he's talking about. Adam Gadol, but you know what? He didn't just know it. I mean, they have some, you can have people who know Tyra. Great, they know Tyra. He lived the Tyra. He lived it. He lived it. Of course, easy to say, but that's that's the point. The point is, he was an exceptional, exceptional, exceptional man with his midos. Exceptional. We all have this opportunity to become these exceptional people in our midos, in our homes, with our wives, with our husbands, with our husbands. So, if your husband or your wife forgot to cap the toothpaste, left old food in the fridge, is wearing something you can't stand, butchered the watermelon, who knows what? It's an asayon. It's a test. It's v'nahapachu. If you feel criticized, if you're, you know, your wife's not preparing the meals the way you like, or you weren't greeted, of course all these things should happen. And I'm not saying these things shouldn't happen. But be mevater. Let it go. This is a test. This is a test. It always reminds me, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. You're constantly being tested. You're going to be tested today. You think you're not going to be tested today? Oh, boy. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. We have more ladies listening. But you know what? Monday, we have more gentlemen listening. Whenever you listen to this, you're going to be tested. The closer you're going to get to Purim, the more you're going to be tested. Because you know there's going to be stress. There's going to be pressure. Right? Meshlach Manos, with the costumes, the drinking, the Purim Suda, it's stress, it's stress. Holidays are wonderful things, but Yomim Taivim should be Yomim Taivim. They should be, they should be Taiv, they should be good. They should not be stressed and just let things go, really, let things go. Because Shabbat is giving us tests, especially, especially, especially before Pesach. We're not even going before Pesach, because you know that's coming up, right, ladies and gentlemen? Pesach's coming up, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> we can talk about Pesach. But right now we're talking about Purim. And it's all v'nahapachu. It's all v'nahapachu. To know that there's no difference. Arham and Baruch Mardachai. Of course, Arham and Baruch Mardachai. But there's a purpose for Arham. There's a purpose for everything. So, so if we're getting tested, to remember v'nahapachu, v'nahapachu. Masilas Yisharim. Kala alam nisyan yisrael laadam. Bevalben Ali Shar. He says the intent of creation is a person should be tested and perfected through his wife and his children. Do you hear this, Ali Shar? Chaim Vital. The midas of a person is only measured through how he acts to his wife. Could you imagine the statement that, that the midas of a person is only measured through how he acts to his wife? But Victor Miller, marriage is another ordeal for individual growth towards perfection, which will bring a person to shlemis. You are being, we are all being tested. We are all being tested. So we have to remember. What do we have to remember? We have to remember that in our relationships, number one, 
we're being tested. It's v'nahapachu. It's not what you see is what you get. Your husband is really not such a terrible guy. Your wife is not so terrible. Of course, they're not terrible. I don't have to tell you this, but I'm saying when you get upset. I'm saying when you got your hats on. I'm saying when there's stress, you're hungry, you're angry, you're tired, something else is going on. You know, last week, by the way, last week we spoke about, it, it's funny because I think this is really the theme of Purim. Last week we saw it's not what you see is what you get. It's not what you see is what you get. We were talking about why couples are con- some couple, ah, some couple constantly criticizing each other, constantly complaining and criticizing and attacking, and what's going on. And we spoke about the fact that it's not what you see is what you get. You think that your husband's so upset at you because you, cause you touched the thermostat. You think your husband's so upset at you because, uh, I don't know, because the toys are all over the living room. Okay, he might be upset about that. He might. But sometimes you feel like you're so angry. Well, there might be some other stuff going on. He might have had a really rough day. He might have had crazy bills. He might have got a cut off a notice from Con Edison. He might have realized that he can't pay the mortgage. There's so many things. So, you know, Don Lakov's chos, he's not take, he's taking it out you. It's not right. It's not right. But don't take it seriously. Really, don't take it seriously. Men, same thing. I would say, say to your wife, your wife is pursuing you, nonstop pursuing you, fixing you, trying to fix you, pursuing you. You know what? Why don't you think about whether you're spending time with her? Maybe that's what it is. Because many times I see that's really what it is. It's just she's pursuing you because... Honestly, subconsciously, that's the way she gets attention from you. I know it sounds like, wow, whatever. And I'm to show them, ladies, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying all ladies do this. I'm not saying that. But I have seen this. I have seen many times where, where the husband decides, you know what? I'm just going to give my wife attention. You know what? Forget it. Forget it. I know I'm busy, but I'm just going to give my wife attention. We're going to spend good quality. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to connect to her. I'm going to make her feel special and love because that's the way I really feel about her. I'm going to express it. And men do that. And when I see men doing that, Everything goes away. Literally, all the complaints, it all goes away because she's happy. Because she, at the end of the day, that's what's really what's bothering her. Of course, everything else is also bothering her. I'm not saying that she's faking it. Of course, everything else is bothering her also. It is bothering her. But not to the extent that it's coming out and the men are going crazy. Why is she so upset? Well, you know why she's so upset? Because you don't spend time with her. You ignore her all day and all night. And it's like she doesn't exist. So what do you think? Like, what do you think? You think she? You th- if you did this when you, when you originally met her, like, originally matter. You think Pachal, she would, like, even think about you? Okay, obviously, you're Basher, to Kadesh who arranged it. I understand that. But the point is, it's not what you see, it's what you get. It's V'nahapachu. Let's remember that. Let's remember that. Another point, by the way, I didn't say talk about last week. I want to mention this week. And that is, and that is what? And that is, many times your husbands are, don't stop criticizing you, or your wives don't stop criticizing you. You know why it's happening? It's because they're hurt with something you said. They're hurt with something you said, and they're very sensitive because they have a low sense of self-esteem because they grew up, and when they grew up, either they didn't see a good marriage or they didn't get enough love and attention and validation from their parents. And they're going to say, you know, many, many people, they tell me, you know, I'm talking about my father, my mother, they were always good to me. But when we dig deep, we see that it didn't happen. Or, for, or, and by the way, or they might have had amazing parents. They might have had amazing, amazing parents. But in school, they had Rabbeim or Moras that took them down. Or they were bullied as kids by friends. It could be a negative influence, either from parents, from teachers, rabbis, Rabbeim, chas v'shalom, or friends. And you know what? Their self-esteem is shot. And they're constantly interpreting your words that you're criticizing them. They're constantly interpreting it. They're constantly interpreting it. Like, what'd you say? You said that. You said that I, I didn't do the dishes. 
Are you, are you attacking me? Or what do you say? It's like, I'm not attacking. I'm just I'm talking. Or sometimes you really are attacking. You don't realize it. And of course, you're going to defend yourself and say, I'm not attacking you. I'm me. I'm, attacking, I'm not attacking you. Why are you saying I'm attacking you? Right? Like, I have this tool. I say, say to your spouse. You say, I know you don't mean it, but I feel like I'm being attacked. Right? And even then, I know that the spouse is going to say, I'm not attacking. I'm not attacking. Say, so just repeat. I know you mean it, whatever. And the spouse should know. Just move away. You move away. I'm not, I'm not going there with you right now. I'm not going there with that. If it's something important, to tell them. I feel like I'm being attacked. You could just say A, B, C, D, F, G, and I won't feel attacked. That will work well with me. That's not the class right now. Right now, the point of the matter is it's not what you see is what you get. So if you see that your husband or your wife is constantly criticizing you and you don't understand what's going on, another reason, which is an ahapachu reason, meaning it's like you don't really realize it's not what you see what you get. It's hidden. It's masked. Like in Purim. That what? The other reason over here is that he just doesn't know how to deal with hurt. Or you don't know how to deal with hurt. I'm sorry to be so direct. Dealing with hurt is a very complex thing. Not everybody knows how to deal with hurt. What do I do when I'm hurt? What do I do? I want to lash out. I want to scream. I'm so upset. Some people stonewall. Some people scream. So there's a mahalach of how to do it, right? So the point of the matter is, the point of the matter is, it's hidden. So we have to realize. Don't get so upset because... There's things beyond the surface, or I should say underneath the surface, that you are simply not seeing. And that's why it's so important to be down the kaf's chos. It's not an important thing. You get upset at your husband and your wife at this, at that. Just down the kaf's chos, down the kaf's chos. You feel it's so hard, it's so hard. My husband, you don't know him. If you would know him, then you would realize this. there's nothing to be down the kaf's chos. Or my wife, chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom. You know what? There's always be down the kafskos. There's always a way to think, judge him or her favorably. There always is. But you know what? When it first happens, the impasse happens, then you're not going to be able to. And that's why I say, take a deep walk away. Walk away. Walk away. Your husband has his hats on. Your wife has her hats on. Be respectful. I'm saying be respectful. But then, you know, give him, give him his space. Give, him, give her her space. You don't, have to, you don't have to stand there in the line of fire and being shot at. You say, I'm sorry, okay. Talk to him a little bit and that, and whatever. If you don't mind, I'm going to excuse myself. That's it. Move away. Because you don't want to be part of it. And you know something? For yourself as well. If you ha- feel that you have your hats on and you're just like, oh, I'm so upset. I'm so upset. And I'm doing what Greenfield said. I'm not screaming. I'm not letting it out. I'm not venting. I'm just going to walk away. Then you know what? Just walk away. Take those deep breaths. I say it again. Take those deep breaths. I, I moved it up even to six cycles. Six cycles. Right? Four inhale, eight exhale, four seconds inhale, eight, eight seconds exhale. This is not Rabbi Greenfield's little shtick. This is, this, is, this is a method that has been studied over and over again, brought down APA, Mayo Clinic, many other reputable, reputable clinics and studies that have been done for this particular tool. It helps. Of course, it helps. Calm, calm yourself down. Calm yourself down. Distract yourself. Go through the other methods that we speak about. The point over here, the point over here that I'm saying is that what? Is that there's things beneath the surface. And generally, if we, t- if we, if we start taking off the mask, here's the point. If you take off the mask, you'll see the real person. So when your husband is like, oh boy, this bear is coming to attack you. God, Or if your wife is like pounding at you, there are things that are beneath the surface. Think of an ahapahu. Don't take it seriously. Remember, he has his hats on. She has her hats on. There's a reason. We don't know about it. We can explore things under the surface. Don't take it seriously. Move away. And la'at, la'at, you start taking off the mask, your own mask sometimes. And you'll see 
that that helps, will calm you down, will bring Shalom Bayis, and will bring it to the purpose, one of the biggest purposes in marriage, which is what? Hashlam HaSamidus. Which is what? Kol HaOlam Nisyonos Him Adam. And what Victor Miller says, that marriage is another ordeal uh, for individual growth. And Rav Chaim Vital says that the midas of a person is measured through how he acts to his wife. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this? Rav Chaim Vital. Okay, these are not my words. This is, I'm, just, I'm standing on shoulders of giants. That what? That this is the test. This is the big, 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 big test. Okay, I want to move to something else now right now. Very interesting. That we can learn from Purim. Purim is so amazing. So, that what? You know, Esther Hamalka, she had probably, I would say, I'm trying to think of anything else in history I'm thinking, she probably had the most difficult request that a wife could ever make of her, from her husband. Are you hearing me? Esther Amalka had the most difficult request a wife can ever make from her husband. First of all, do you, th- I mean, you can only imagine Esther Amalka in a situation. I mean, here she is. In the kingdom of Achashverosh, she's married to Achashverosh, a stony Israel, okay? It's the, the last place she wants to be. The last place that Esther Amalka wants to be is, is, is there, where she is. But she, she did it, she did it, and she's doing it, and she's doing L'Shem Shemayim. And here she has to go to her husband, who, who's a Sinai Yisrael, think about it, right? The women who tell me that they have problems with their husbands. <laughs> He's not, your husband's not an Achashverosh, okay? Achashverosh was a Sona Yisrael, unquestionably so, okay? She has to go to her husband, okay? She has to go to, I think, really, I, I shouldn't say, I don't know if it's going to all she does. I think going to mostly she does, he's a Sona Yisrael. But in any case, if we have a Sona Yisrael, I mean, imagine being married to Achashverosh, okay? So in any case, she's married to Achashverosh, right? She has to go to him and make the request that he... The last thing that he wants to hear. What's the last thing, the last request that Achashverosh wants to hear? Well, guess what he says to her. He says, he says, That what? Achashverosh says to her, what do you want? I'll give you up to half the kingdom. You know what he means by half the kingdom? The base of Mikdash I'm not going to rebuild for you. Half the kingdom, what do you want? This is a son of Israel. Like, what, what, right? What, what do you want? And here she's going to ask, she's going to ask her husband, not to do what he really wants to do, which is destroy the Yidin. He really wants to do it, destroy the Yidin, right? He wants to destroy the Yidin. He has his whole plan with Haman, they're going to do it. And she has to ask him that, she, that he shouldn't stop this decree. Can you imagine this request? And, and you know, by the way, if, if her husband gets upset at her, he could just chop off her head. I mean, he could kill her. I mean, even to come to him, to come to him, she had to, she had to, like, she had to get dressed up and everything. And, and she, he had to stick out the, the sharbat. This, 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 um, this, the word escapes me right now, that the Shabbat that he has to reach out to her and stick this thing that, that gets close to her, and that shows her that he can come in, otherwise she could die. We're not talking about presidents of today. <laughs> I'm laughing, presidents of today. We're not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're not talking about presidents today. I'm not laughing at the president necessarily, but today's, you know, those of you who are following a little bit of today's presidential you know, stuff, know what I'm talking about. We're not talking about presidents of today. We're talking about, we're talking about kings, kings who kill people, okay, like that. If you don't show the respect to the king, it's over. So what happens, what happens is, is that she has to ask her husband 
to stop the decree that he wants to do. Can you imagine what more difficult is, is it? What does Esther do? I think we can learn so much from, 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 from uh, Esther Amalka, the way she does it. First of all, the way she does it is she dresses up. She makes sure she looks beautiful for her husband. That's number one. That's number one. It's, it's important. It's important. It's important. It's important for all husbands. So that's so this type of request, you know what I'm saying? So, so that's number one. Okay, fine. In any case, number two, number two, what happens? What happens is, is what she does, what Esther Amalka does, she invites him to a party with Haman. But guess what? She doesn't ask him her request during the first party. She waits for an, another party. For some reason, Esther Hamalka realized the first party was not a good time to ask him. At the first party, she asked him to come to another party. But why? Esther Hamalka, why did you do that? Why didn't you just ask him right away? You, you had the first party, do it. She realized it wasn't a good time. She realized it. Why did she realize that? Because she realized that Haman was too much of an Ahai. He was too happy. There was too much simcha going on with Haman. Haman was in a very high place at that point. He planned to kill the Yidin. He was very honored. And she sort of did a double take. And I was talking to my brother-in-law, but after he me, explained this beautifully. He said like this. He said that when it comes to, when, when, when there's simcha, simcha is very, very powerful. The, the, the power of simcha happiness, positivity is a very powerful midah. She was scared of that. She was scared even Haman, Arasha. He was besimcha. She didn't want to, she didn't want to mess with simcha. Simcha is just a very powerful trait. It was only later that night after Haman came to the king and then he wanted to kill Mordechai and then he was embarrassed because Haman had to walk Mordechai on the horse, the royal horse. Kachayah after, and then the garbage was thrown on his head. Then she realized, okay, Haman's, his downfall is the beginning. His downfall is the beginning. Even Zeresh realized it. Even Zeresh, Haman's, Haman's wife, realized it. He didn't listen to her advice, I guess, right? He, Haman did not listen to his wife's advice. And Zeresh was like, this, this is not good. This is really not good. And that's when Esther realized, okay, now it's her time. But listen to the way she does it. Because I think it, it's not just, it's, it's amazing. It's like... Here comes the most difficult request of all time by any woman to her husband. What does she say? She says, and I, I'm not quoting it because I don't have the Megillah in front of me, but something to this effect. It says, If you found favor in my eyes, and if it's okay, if it's good for the king, do you hear these two things? She didn't just say, she didn't just say, Oh, Achashverosh, uh, can I just tell you something? My, my dear husband, this man over here, he wants to destroy, to destroy our people. Could you please just cut it? Could you please stop it? No, she was very, very careful with the words. First she said, tov. Two things. Number one, did I show favor in your eyes? Do you like me? Do you care about me? <coughs> I didn't say care about me because what type of relationship they had over there. But you know what? The point of the matter was, do you like me? Imatsasi chen... If did I show favor in your eyes? Do you like me? Do you want to make me happy? Think of how she does this. She could have just did straight, right? Do you want to make me happy? If it's good for the king, is tov? Is it good for the king? Are you happy with what? If if it's if you're going to be happy with this, and we you know we talk about this all the time, 
But Esther, Esther knew much more. I, we got a guess from Esther. The what? Esther's like realizing what's her leverage with her husband? Her he- leverage with her husband is her husband wants to make her happy. We always talk about this. Esther Amalka, is that my Kiddush? Esther Amalka. Her, hu- her husband wants, do you want to make me happy? Do you, do you want to make me happy? Do you want to make me happy? It's not because I'm asking you to do this. Do you want to make me happy? That's the purpose. You want to make me happy? If it's good in your eyes, then she says, then please do this for me, for my nation. This will make me happy because my nation is going to be destroyed. They want to destroy me. This is going to make me happy. I'm not asking you to do it as a favor or because you're a nice guy, because it's the right thing to do. I'm asking you to do this because this is going to make me happy. You want to make me happy? This is going to make me very sad. This is Esther Amalka talking, ladies. Do you hear this? This is Esther Hamalka talking. The most difficult request in the world. And she got what she wanted. Women, you're not going to tell me you can't get what you want. I'm sorry. I, I will not accept it. I'm not accepting it. It has to be done right. I'm not going to get into it. We have a show on requests. But I, I, this is the tools. This is the tools. It's going to make me ill and make me really happy. Could you please? Could you please? Why, why could you please? Why could you please? Listen to the way Esther Amalka talks. What is she basically saying? It'll make me really happy. She's saying, It'll make you happy. It'll make me happy. Accepting rejection. If you can't, you can't. Not really saying it, but in a way, she's accepting rejection. Think about what she's saying. She's saying, If it's good for the king, right? That means if it's not good for you, don't do it. I'm accepting rejection. We spoke about this, right? We see this from Esther Amalka. This is Esther Amalka's Chiddush, right? Okay. Listen to the way she does it. It works. You can ask for anything. <clears throat> Almost anything. <laughs> you can ask for anything. You have to know how to ask. Ladies, you have to know how to ask your husband, and then you're going to get what you want. But you see what your leverage is? You see? Not pursuing your husband. Not running after him and do this and why and if and could be and should be. You see, I think it's, it's beautiful. You know, I, before we go, I, I want to mention a couple of things to show for, for uh, <clears throat> a couple of things here for Purim. Practical things, ladies and gentlemen, before we go, because I'm looking, we have only four minutes and 39 seconds left. Okay. Number one, don't go overboard with mishloach monos and costumes. Really, don't go. Mishloach monos is important. Costumes is important, but that's not, that's not the ikar of Purim. It's important, of course. The whole purpose is that, is that we could connect to our friends on Purim. We have a connection. There's achdos, but don't go overboard. You want to go overboard? Go overboard with Matanas Leviona. That's what you should go overboard with. Not Mishloach Monos. You're going to spend X amount of money. Take a look at the Raman. Raman actually speaks about this. The what? That if you're going to spend a certain amount of money, Mishloach Monos, at least, I, mean, I don't remember the lesson of the Raman, but I, as far as I remember, at least you should spend the same thing for Matan Slavion and probably much more. I'm almost sure he says probably much more. You can take a look at the Raman. Matan Slavionim, Giving money to the poor, much more important than Mishlach Manos. You hear me? Much more important than Mishlach Manos. Don't go overboard. And I'm not even talking from a halachic stance. I'm talking about from a practical stance. Why get yourself so stressed with Mishlach Manos and costumes? Men who are listening to this, this is not for you to go tell your wives. But the point, ladies who listen to this, it's okay if the theme, you don't have a theme. It's okay if it's not. People, I mean, a lot of people pass things on. That's a whole thing in itself to pass Mishlach Manos on. A lot of it. Might be 
come accepted today that they pass on Mishlach Manos, but don't, don't go overboard with it. Don't let it bring stress into your house. Just be mevater. Men, if your wives, it's important for your wives, be mevater, you be mevater the other way, meaning if this is important, fine, so get her whatever she wants, even though you'll say, she wants such a fancy Mishlach Manos. Okay, for Shalom Bayes, Akash Baruch would erase his own name for Shalom Bayes. You're not going to spend extra money on Mishlach Manos. What's, what's the deal there? Next, another interesting thing. On Purim itself, ladies, you, those of you who have children, very, very important. Very, very important. This is a tip I actually got. That what? Make sure your children and your husband eat, eat a good lunch on Purim. This is a problem. A lot of people are not eating lunch. They end up gnashing and all mishlach monos. And you know what? When you gnash and gnash and gnash, you get sick. Honestly, you get sick. Kids end up throwing up sometimes just from gnashing so much. Make sure your husband and your children eat a good lunch. Because you know what? If your husband is going to drink, by the way, of course, responsibly, and of course, to be so careful about it, and of course, l'shem shemaim, and of course, be kriyashma at night, because then he'll feel back to normal. But you know what? If he is going to drink, you don't want him to do it on an empty stomach. So the point of the matter is, have him eat a good lunch. Have your children eat a good lunch. It's very, very important. Plan on Purim. Purim is a very, very holy day. It, it, it said the, the, the I think the Gra says Yom Kippurim. You know why it's called Yom Kippurim? Yom Kippur is called Yom Kippurim because Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is like Purim. It's not as holy in a certain sense. Like Purim is incredibly holy. Holy Kibu, uh, Kibu. The what? The point of the matter is, is that is that we re accepting the Torah from Yahava, from appreciation. We're besimcha. We thank Hakadosh Baruch We thank Hashem. Thank you so much. We love you, Hashem. You're the most amazing. Even though sometimes things are so so difficult and so 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 hard, we know that everything you're doing is for the good, and that's why we're besimcha on Purim because we're thanking Hashem. We're besimcha. We love Hashem, and we get connected. It's all about relationships. Really, really relationships. Connected to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem doesn't want you to disconnect from your from your wife or husband, on Purim. But you know what? Extra way to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Plan yourself to, you know, ladies who daven, sometimes if you could plan yourself to daven on Purim, special time to daven on Purim. Really, make yourself time to daven on Purim. Men, I'm talking to myself. Try, try to find some time to learn Torah on Purim. To learn Torah for the kids. They have these programs. It's an amazing opportunity. Amazing, amazing opportunity. Purim Suda, you're gonna have a Purim Suda. Tell your kids in advance what's, what the plan is, because a lot of your kids are older. They're going away. They're coming back. Tell your kids your plan. Everything should be transparent. Everything should be open. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, this Purim, this Purim will be, uh, you know, a jumping board, a jumping board for your relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, for your relationship with your husband, for your relationship with your wife. Realizing it's all v'nehapachu, it's all taken amidus. Every time we're getting stressed and test, it's all Hashem testing us. And through this, we connect to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Through this, we get mazel, bracha, afreilchem Purim fall. Have have an amazing week and an amazing Purim, an uplifting Purim, a connecting Purim. Cultus this has been Rabbi Greenfield, 917-397-2841. Afrelcha Freelcha Purim.